0: This podcast is brought to you by it Go to onit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Thursday, the 13th of the month. The joint is brought to you by DraftKings. We got a great game tonight. We got Chicago versus Washington, it's tremendous, it's the Amazon, whatever it is, prime fucking football game on Thursday nights, everyone can boost their winnings, with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays, the NFL action is in full swing, cocksuckers, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, we're taking touchdowns, big plays, we're biting motherfuckers, new customers can bet $5. On any NFL team to win And get 203 bets if they do Everyone can boost their winnings With DraftKings Stepped up same game parlays Like I said tonight We got Chicago against Washington I may go with a total tonight But if I do go with a parlay I like Chicago tonight How's that one for you cocksuckers To make things even sweeter You could throw down a step Stepped up same game parlays The more legs you had The more money you win Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Joey to get 200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place $5 to bet on any football team. That's Code Joey, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We got college football, we got baseball playoffs, and we got preseason NBA and fucking hockey. And you're still sitting there scratching your head. And fucking fantasy is at an all-time fucking high. Download the DraftKings Fantasy app. Enter code Joey, and let's make some motherfucking money. Remember, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Download the Fantasy app. Download the Sportsbook app. And let's get this party started. The joint is also brought to you by Blue Chew. There's nothing more scarier than not being able to perform. Blue Chew is here to make sure your dick is all treat and no tricks. Blue Chew is an online service that delivers... The same active ingredients as Vialis and C- Cialis and Viagra, but in the chewable tablets all at a fraction of the cost. Take them anytime and be ready whenever the opportunity arises, whenever you bump into a pigeon. Let me tell you something, you can take these on an empty stomach, they're tremendous and the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved, voila, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Nobody knows nothing. No doctor's office, no pharmacy. Fuck them all. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and shipped in a discreet package. The mailman won't know nothing. Your grandmother won't know. It's a perfect combination. You can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to get down. And Blue Chew can help. Try Blue Chew free. Joey, what are you talking about? I'm talking about free. Try this. Take the deal. Use promo code Joey and just pay $5 for shipping. This will change your fucking life. Plus, they'll call you Captain hard on. Blue Chew with code Joey for your first month. Visit BlueChew.com for more important safety information. Thanks, Blue Chew, for sponsoring the joint. Let's get this party started. My girl Tara is here today. happening you bad motherfuckers uncle joey here on a thursday morning with my girl tara looking good what's happening thank you what's thank happening you what's happening you know me dog
1: i know you <laughs> what's
0: your last name how do i say it?
1: oh canis tracy
0: okay I, we'll just leave it t-
1: tara jokes we'll, we'll say just leave it Tari
0: t that's it is it C or c c uh what's going on nothing thank you welcome to you to the thank joint thank you
1: for having me have a beautiful home
0: thank you beautiful We're wife Thank you. He's all right. He's good looking, dude. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you made it down here. Thank you. No fucking please. When Vinnie, when uh, Dino told me you want to come on, I was like, anytime. She's family, you know. Oh, you. What's going on in your world?
1: What's going on? I'm recording an album on Saturday. You excited? I am. I am. I'm excited. First I, did, album? I did a compilation one before this, and now. I'm What's a compilation
0: that? album? In so it was
1: a few other comics, okay, okay, and we did one, and that one went well, okay. And I said, I'm, "Time for my hour."
0: How do you feel about your? I hour? feel
1: good. I feel like I want to, I want to get it done and put it to bed.
0: And this is audio or audio visual?
1: It's going to be audio and visual, but I'm yeah.
0: And you're taping it at Uncle um, Vinny's. Uh-oh.
1: No other, no other place to do it. That's
0: that's such a fucking great yeah. place, and I love Dino to death. Oh it's, my god, the, to death! It's my Jersey home, you know. But they had some problems this week. Well, not problems. They oh. just had a situation where some fucking, you know, some white trash dude fucking, uh,
1: chucked the beer can.
0: Chucked the beer can at some people. And I, I mean, I saw your picture and I retweeted it yesterday. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I thought about, I was gonna put like bring helmets. or oh, something Oh yeah, I, 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 I,
1: catches <laughs> man, right? Catch a face mask.
0: But you're trying to do a special. Yeah. And you don't wanna.
1: But it's always comment. something that's
0: been in the back of your mind. Like, for 20 years, I always thought about what would stop somebody from throwing something at you, or attacking you on stage. And all of a sudden, we in 2022, it. it's starting, uh, you know, this is this is real now. That girl, if she would have hit, got hit with that <sighs> beer can, that that. it would have not been a good fucking night. And you I think
1: heard he, how hard it was when he yeah. hit that wall.
0: And I think he threw it. To miss her on perf- purpose, maybe. Uh, I hope he didn't throw the can. Drunk. The,
1: the BYOB be there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he was drunk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was fucking drunk. The dude was, you know, and, and you know, th- there's a couple ways you could attack this, but there's no other ways. There's no reason why you should be throwing mm. anywhere. Anything. Anything.
1: And throwing anything anywhere. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and I've always said it. I, I've said that, listen, people are. I did not know this. I did not know that they just implemented a fine on cruise ships. It's a $500 fine if you act the wrong way. They helicopter you off, and you got to pay all that shit out of your own fucking pocket.
1: Could you imagine?
0: They helicopter people off all the time. They helicopter comics off. If you go on one of those fucking Bahamas or one of those places, and you're not supposed to fucking curse... And, you cur- and they tell you, like, it's in the contract. Oh, if
1: you had, don't have a clean set?
0: No, and you go up to, like, there's a lot of guys, i.e. like me, that would do that. Like, mm-hmm. you could, you got to work clean. I'll well, work clean. They're going to work.
1: I don't think anybody thinks you're working clean. No, but back then, when, <laughs> Maybe you, had, in the back, when yeah. you had 30 minutes yeah, and you yeah. were
0: trying to feature, they'll ask oh, you, yeah, you're you, going to work yeah. clean? And you're like, yeah, 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 I yeah, 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 I'll work clean. You're not going to work clean. You go up there, you fuck around, you say shit. They stop the show. They go to your room and clean it out for you. You're not even allowed to go I back to your room. And they helicopter you the fuck out of there. And, and you,
1: and you they- can't, you can't, you can't, if you're a comic, you can't sleep in any of the, like, the cruise guests. Like, you can get kicked off. They have, like, real strict rules. Real rules. If you're on one of those cruise it's ships. Corporate. Like, you're not on vacation. You're No. You're an employee. No. No. And no. if
0: you're a comic, you can, you can drink, but you can't have a certain amount of alcohol in your system. Like, I have a dear friend that does cruise ships, there was a fight. He was there. He tried to break him up. When the ship police came, they fucking breathalyzed everybody. they fine. Yeah. He had nothing to do with the fight. Welcome to corporate comedy in America. Yeah. That's what you want to sounds fucking Sounds a lot
1: do. nicer. When you're like, I'm cruising around telling jokes, sounds a lot nicer. I've never
0: really considered a cruise ship. or anything. Like, I've never considered it. Not because I'm a pompous asshole or anything like that. Because that's not to me. That's not what stand up was intended for. Uh,
2: maybe music.
0: I don't know. And even then, yeah, music on the ship, you know, maybe. yeah, when the ship is going down, like remember uh, the Titanic, yeah. they're playing the violin as the ship was going down. Keep playing, cocksucker. Right, listen, I'm swimming. I'm not fucking playing. So, and I can't imagine how it feels for a woman. See, that happened to a woman the other day. Oh, the can. And that—that's where my fucking shit stops. Like right there. Like, I could see a guy saying something with you, a guy but a girl. Yeah. You and threw a bottle at a non assuming white sweet girl.
1: She handled it like a boss.
0: No, guy. she, and, and I mean, listen, and she, listen ate a when she
1: I heard she drank it. Like, yes. I wish she, I, I'm the the Italian paranoid, you know, in me would be scared to touch a germ. But, like, the way she just took, she said she had like one split second and she was like, you gotta drink this. Mm-hmm. And She's gonna she go, she go did on Kimball now? Yeah, uh, yeah i think that. so he retweeted
0: good for her yeah god fucking bless her what made you as pretty as you are oh. get into this fucking <laughs> terrible <laughs> fucking career
1: it, it you know did it, you get into in the doors
0: or did you get into it because you enjoyed stand-up?
1: it was stand up for me okay. and it was stand up for me probably from really early on before i even knew like like we were talking earlier and you know in your living room like i was always drawn to comedy like my aunt would say as little like as two years old I'd be watching Johnny Carson and the honeymooners and the Carol Burnett show and I love Lucy. Like not stand up necessarily but comedy. I was I always loved comedy, Saturday Night Live. Like as a kid, that's what I was watching. You know, it wasn't so much cartoons. I was watching these characters on T V. And then uh I always wanted to do it, but, you know, you You think you can't, or you rationalize, like, oh, I can't make a living. I have to do this, or I have to pay bills, or I have to. So I held held off doing it for quite a while. And then uh, the show, The Last Comic Standing, came out. And I was psyched the first season. Oh, my God, I watched every episode. I loved watching people do their thing. I loved it. Oh, my God, I loved it. And then I couldn't wait for the next season. And then by the time that next season came out, I said, "I, I couldn't watch it anymore. It was bothering me. It was like making me upset. And that's not me. Like I champion everyone. You want to make boxes and sell them on the corner and you want to bedazzle a cane and sell it. My friends want to have babies and get married. I celebrate it. to so watch people do their thing and do and, and, and it bother me. I knew that it was because I was suppressing doing it. And I was like, okay, this isn't me. So now what am I going to do? Because now I'm, I'm not even enjoying it. Am I enjoying watching other people do it? So I put my big girl pants on and, uh, I went and I started. What I was started the first
0: place you performed?
1: The producer's club. I was in like an off, off Broadway sketch comedy play. And the producer said, you want to do it? Go out every night and warm up the crowd, you know, write your five minutes and go warm up. And like the first few nights they'd be like pushing me on stage and I'd be like, no, 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 This was a mistake. <laughs> and then by the end of the run of the show, I was like, is, is it my time? Am I going up? When are we starting? I want to. It's you crazy. get that, you know, get those first few laughs and you're like, this is it. Whatever this is, this is it. Like the other day, somebody goes, well, what's the end game? I go, the end game is always going to be being on that stage. What you get from it, obviously, you know, it's a platform for other things. But for me, it's, it's always going to be stand up because that's what I really feel like. That's you what know, I want. You said
0: something that really opened up something for me. You know. We were talking about uh, Eleanor on Monday mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. people who were around I comedy. Her. I think when you're a kid and you're around it. Like, I was a fan of Carol Burnett,
1: mm-hmm. oh,
0: The Tonight Show. Me too. It fucking hee-haw. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I was a big
0: hee-haw guy. Mm-hmm. That shit made me laugh as a kid. Got but, me. you know, I wonder where all this mech. Like, I loved uh, the, the fucking English porno guy. You know, Benny Hill, that you oh, would, Benny a tit Hill. would uh-huh. fall out and shit. I love <laughs> Benny Hill. He always did creepy things. Like, I love, you know, but it's so weird. We were, I don't know, you watch all this TV, like, I wonder the people who came from the Saturday Night Live era. Right. I wonder what comics came out from the Saturday Night Live era, you know, and just different things that we watch to mm-hmm. build your sense of humor as you're growing up, and you don't even know it.
1: Right, I, right. I knew what I liked, what I didn't, I knew what comics... I knew what I was drawn to. Like I don't even do the comedy of Carol Burnett. I, her physicality, though, all that those things about her, I was like, "This." I didn't know what it was. I was four or five watching. You know, I knew my grandmother was laughing, and she never laughed. So I knew something was. I wanted to do whatever they were doing. I just didn't know.
0: You know, one of the biggest surprises I got when I came back to New Jersey two years ago. Was I came back knowing that the honeymooners were on. As oh, stupid as it is, my I favorite. kept, I kept, my I favorite. came in thinking that the honeymooners were on at 11 o'clock every night still. Boy, was I a surprise. I get Seinfeld bumped him. You know, it's like Seinfeld and creepy fucking shows on Channel 11. But then I realized they would come out on midnight. And the first time I watched it with my daughter, I remember we watched it downstairs. I like, go, Mercer, let's watch the honeymooners. It was the one about the Mambo when uh, he oh. learns how to do the Mambo and shit. And I got to tell you guys a revealing thing. I've never told nobody. It's not theft. It's not theft because I, I struggled with this. That episode, I was watching. I'm like, Phew. I think I stole a lot of Jackie Gleason's body. And fist- Norton, too. Like, Norton is a fucking champion comic. Like, champion The timing they both Mm -hmm. had, but when I watch that Honeymooners, and I'm in the, you know, my daughter and I'm crying and I'm laughing at the same. Every time a Honeymooners Mm -hmm. episode comes on, I cry. At some point, when I laugh, I cry because I cannot believe that this still makes me laugh. Yeah the time I was in the fucking fifth grade, I was 10. Now I'm 59. I'm still fucking laughing at the same stupid jokes. I know. And somewhere in that laughter, I cried yes. because last time I used to watch these, my mother was alive. Yeah. There was so many things. But nostalgia. throughout all that, I did see a lot of this shit I did on stage in Jackie Gleason. And I'm not saying... I stole it from him. Right. Okay. And right. it wasn't. It wasn't it was, yes, your
1: influence. It's an You're influence. An, your influence.
0: It's somebody watching somebody over and over. And
1: when you said it, I wondered, like, if the guy who, you know, when you watch Seinfeld you watch Kramer, like, Art Carney was the first of that come out. Like, he came out of the gate and before, you laughed. And you, when you watch the shows, people are laughing before he speaks his first word because he's walking in, he's looking at a wall, he's doing this, he's turning His physicality, you already know he's funny. He's funny before he says a line.
0: And then the second wave of comedy came in my life, and that was Sanford and Son. Mm. And That's... Chico and the Man, and, you know, I was never a big sign of that live guy. It just did not work for mm-hmm. me. I would go home and go, what is all the fucking yelling and screaming mm-hmm. about? This is not this mm-hmm. good to me. You know, right. I just didn't. So I always went, when I watched that, and let me know, I, maybe I didn't like clean comedy.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I like dirty comedy. So I started listening more to Pryor. Mm-hmm. So in my world, it's like Pryor, Pryor. Leeson,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. it's uh, And you see that years later. Not that you should. When we start doing comedy, we emulate someone. Oh, For you 100%. people who are at home, who did you emulate? Who did you think? Who did I you used see? to go
1: see, I can never say I've emulated him. But I used to study, because I took it like, I had to learn. I took it like this is just the, this is the education. I was going to comedy clubs to learn. For me, I tracked Colin Quinn like, mm-hmm. and mind you, I'm never, I mean, I don't do that comedy. I'm, I like to think I'm of above average intelligence, but I'm no, Colin Quinn's on another level of brilliance. Level. It's, and, but he was New York which I can't hide my accent. He's New York and he's smart and his mannerisms and the way he can, I used to go watch him. You're going to learn. Even if it's not what you're doing, this is, and I would go wherever he was, you know, to watch him and and do things. So that for me, I think was my biggest. And when I first came out, Amy Schumer was was when she first hit the mark where you saw a really strong, you know, female New York, female presence on the scene. Even if again, that wasn't what I... Wanted to do. Wanted to do, it, or that was my voice, it was still something to learn.
0: I worked at a comedy club. I worked at a, a, like a D room.
1: Mm-hmm. It was
0: called Wits and Aurora, Colorado. No.
1: Before stand-up? Before you did stand-up? Yeah.
0: No, I got the job. I took a stand-up course.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Three weeks, 20, $33, Jeff Harms, great, University of Colorado. In the last class, he pulled me aside, and he goes, I think you have, if you want to do this, I could see you doing it. I go, I'm not ready to get on stage. And he goes, Okay. Mm-hmm. He goes, I want you around it. He goes, I want you to call this guy and go down there. And, and that's what I did. The next day I went there, applied, and two days later they called. And fucking I worked there from January of 91 till I got the balls to get on stage in July of 91.
1: So six months. Six months. Nine.
0: And I got promoted like three times in those six months. By the time I got on stage, I was already a bar back. I was the sound guy and I was the door guy. I was security. Mm -hmm. Fucking craziness. I had to do all those jobs. But when I was barbapping, I would watch the comics. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just watch, watch. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best jobs in America today, if you really want to do stand-up, is just move to LA and go to the comedy store Mm -hmm. and tell them you want to be a doorman. Whether you're a white, black, green, a, a woman... Whatever the fuck you are.
1: They're famous for having stuff. You, like the door people would get spots. Like that's their, they're known for that. Benefit. Yeah, that's their. But there. it's not the spot. Right.
0: It's the being around it. You're oh, at yeah. a university of comedy. You're, you're at fucking Princeton right. University mm-hmm. to learn comedy. It's always great when people get there and they complain. I never complained. I said one thing one time when I got there. I said, I wish my spots were a little earlier. I keep getting these one o'clock spots. And some kid said, if you don't want it, I'll take it. Put the sign up on the wall that you don't want your one o'clock spot. See how many people take it, and that made a lot of sense to yeah. me. I never complained. I never complained about people bumping me. I never did shit. Did shit. It was a university, and I knew mm-hmm. that. I knew I was here for four years. Shut the fuck up. I didn't think I would last for four years. I I figured I'd get into a fist fight or something before that, and I'd get thrown out. No, you I lasted there for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. uh it's so crazy. Like I actually went in there at a, I was long. Listen, I worked the door at the store. A lot of people don't know that. Towards the end, mm-hmm. towards the in the middle, I remember going to her and going, Dog, I can't live on the $25 hosting job. And she goes, Well, why don't you work the door? That's next, another $25. I'm like, wow.
1: Double my income.
0: <laughs> okay. I'll double 50% my 50%
1: raise. So I would work 100%. the
0: door until I hosted. She gave me a special spot. She goes, I won't tell nobody, you don't tell nobody. All right. I would host, then I would go back to working the door. But by that point, I'd get somebody and go, hey, come here. What are you doing right now? Nothing. You want to host the rest of the show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're the host and get security. So I would bring up Andrew, Paul Mooney, and somebody else and myself, and then go home. And yeah, she yeah. paid me. She never fucking said nothing to me. But i paid my dues i was there mm-hmm. every fucking week you know like
1: and that's the grind and that's what people have to realize especially new comics there is a grind to this there is a pay in my dues you're not entitled to anything even now like i don't maybe i'll never go to a comedy show but when i get to work with really big names or i'm i'm sitting my ass in the seat if i've opened for them and watching because that's going to be part yeah I'm that's a, part I'm, of the I'm, education a, you're a lifelong learner in this I don't think, you know, you know, I'm never ahead of where I'm supposed to be. So if I'm going to be opening for Joey or opening for a Rich Foss or a Bobby Kelly, I, my, I'm watching the show after that. Have you, you know? seen
0: Bobby's new special? Yes. I just saw bits mm-hmm. of it. I was fucking dying to laughter. Yeah. That's a 30-year seasoned fucking
1: oh, comic. Oh, he's, yeah. People
0: don't mention Bobby Kelly, how de- dangerous that motherfucker is. I saw a special that was like half-wit recorded on a phone mm-hmm. from Comedy Central, oh, and they did it at the, at the Comedy Cellar mm-hmm. like five, four years ago. I'm in the hotel room one night, like two in the morning, and a special comes out. He was a lot bigger then, and he was goofing on fat people and shit. Mm. I was fucking Done. rolling. Yeah. That's a guy that should be a lot bigger. Yes. Than what he is, I'm happy not you mentioned Not physically,
1: just no. He, he lost weight. No, I know he, he looks did. He, he, yeah, he just great. talked about it. Yeah, I
0: just saw him yelling. There's a yeah. He's, he's one of those guys that's been around. He'll fucking murder you.
1: I get excited. Like <clears throat> I get excited. Not even for me. I get excited to see what the crowd is gonna get. Like because we, him and I, do a show called Smokes and Jokes. He's a big cigar smoker. So we've been doing cigar night comedy shows together, and I get so excited once I'm off because I, I, he's gonna do 20 minutes of not material he's gonna talk about the, the ceiling the lamp mm-hmm. make fun of the person in the audience and it's just it's so like off the cuff and I get excited to watch the audience organic. you, I'm excited and I'm like I'm learning oh look at all the observations he just made that I maybe didn't or exactly.
0: mm-hmm. it's always great to go see a, a, a big time comic mm-hmm. whatever I'll tell you who my favorite one of my favorite guys to watch and you guys are going to fucking laugh at me. I hate corny shit, but he was so corny, he'd kill me. The guy with the puppets. That motherfucker. Oh, I,
1: oh. Jose, Jose, that guy?
3: No,
0: the guy with the old specials on The, the white guy. dude. Je- Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Oh, Jeff Dunham. He's a dangerous motherfucker yes, on stage.
3: <laughs> and I don't
0: know how many times, you know, I never had a beef with him. Mm-hmm. When I'd see him, he'd give me a hug. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I'd always fucking, you know, that was great. And he, I think he would look at me and go... I don't believe you that you like my puppet act. And I'm like, well, (laughs) it's fucking great. I mean, there's some people, you know, the dude from New York, rest his soul, that was a puppet act, uh, whatever the guy's name was, that was crazy. He used to live down here before he passed away, God rest his soul. (laughs) The guy that used to take booking calls at a phone booth, the ventriloquist had a a big cock. (laughs) The dummy had a big cock. The dummy had a big
1: cock.
0: The dummy had a cock and he... Shave oh. the piece off so you can put lines of coke in it and snort a line off. Oh the,
1: my god! The, how do I not know? Come
0: on, uh, man! Like this
1: this uh, is can man. we? Yeah, what we the, need somebody on the computer.
0: Come on, guy! You don't remember this fucking name. Otto and George?
1: Oh, oh, let's oh, it! Otto and fucking yeah. George.
0: I, when I first got into comedy, like no, no, when I first started rocking and roll like maybe two thousand, rocking and rolling. You know, when you're like mm. a, yeah. a good feature act, right? Right. When I was a feature act, like in two thousand seven. I saw him for the first time, maybe even before that. I saw him, and it was real. He was intense. And he's up there cursing, eating pussy, talking about snorting car. I mean, this guy was right. nuts. You know, word on the street was that he didn't even have a phone. When you had to book him, he gave you a payphone, and you had to call that payphone on a Tuesday oh, behind this house.
1: That's <coughs> amazing. That's
0: crazy. I know yeah, George was the real fucking deal. But anyway, not the... Like Jeff Dunham. I because there was a lot of times I would do the late show behind Jeff. Jeff doesn't do two shows. So I'd go to Irvine or Brea and it would be Jeff. And the only thing I ever heard negative about Jeff was I'd get there and the manager would go, Listen, you know Jeff loves you, but he made us cut your video because the video that you're coming
2: because it was
0: always dirty in front of his audience. So he would make them cut that video. You know, like when you go to a comedy show, they tell you who's coming up. Mm-hmm. They always have like a little sketch, mm-hmm. like 30 minutes of video. Like, I don't have this in the movie theater. Right, now right. I need this here. Shh, popcorn then, is right, tasty, right, right, all that right, right, dumb right. shit. But uh, no, I liked him a lot. And I learned from him, even from a puppet act. I fucking would sit there and look at their timing.
1: Timing. I was His timing, to say, the yeah. puppet's
0: timing. And you're like, fuck, yeah. God. <laughs> And there's got to be writing
1: God. behind it, right? If yeah. He's,
0: mm-hmm. No, he's the real. That mm-hmm. motherfucker was making millions. Duncan with little hobo? Duncan yeah, was okay with No, nah, he only brought the little hobo out at the end. <laughs> and it, it was the creepiest fucking thing in the world, that little guy.
1: I'm not insane. I puppets. couldn't
0: sleep at the hotel knowing that he was do- next door to me with that fucking... Puppet? Puppet, <laughs> the puppet. The scariest goddamn thing in the world. But it's so weird how you have... Like, I can't watch specials.
1: Well,
0: uh, I can't watch specials because I of the time.
1: Watch. How long they are? These or well,
0: the time. What? But it was so surreal for to me going down to the Vinnie's one night, and it was the week that uh, Natalie Cuomo was there with somebody's daughter. I can't remember Sheba. Okay, Sheba. Sheba has a room in mid,
1: yes, in, okay, in the, in the city.
0: Now they're not Amy Schumer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not. Whitney Cummings, mm-hmm. and, but they're getting that. Mm-hmm. They'll be there someday. Them, too, were the first time I go, fuck, I forgot how much I enjoyed watching live comedy. Mm-hmm. I forgot how much I enjoyed watching live comedy because I had a whole system that mm-hmm. was tremendous. <laughs> Listen, I would get stoned as fuck, mm-hmm. put a hooded sweatshirt on, put oh. sunglasses. You ever seen me with sunglasses on? Never. You? No. Never. I'd put sunglasses mm-hmm. on and I'd walk in the back of the comedy store, and I'd just sit there and watch the whole rotation from 9 o'clock up. If a comic got boring, I'd walk out, but I'd make sure I was there for the next one, or I'd stay there and watch how he'd get out of the hole.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. watching people get out of a hole
1: it's is all always lesson. an yeah. education. All right, right? It's another so would, lesson.
0: But I would mm-hmm. sit there. I would do that maybe Tuesday nights, mm-hmm. Wednesday night. When Not now, when I first got there, till. I left in 2007, I would sit there once a week high, and i get pissed when people come and bother me. Joey, right. do you know why I could get some weed? Get the right. fuck away from me, because you just broke everything. Right. You just broke that. Like, I would put Laser myself focus. in that corner chair for a fucking reason. I don't want you to say anything to me. I'm just, and nobody used to bother you then for pictures or nothing. It was just sitting there and watching 10 comics in a row to see how they would rotate, because they're only, you know, 20, 15-minute sets. So I'd watch four or five of them, then go for a walk, then come back, and then go for a walk, and then come back. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. When I'm home, I don't get that. When I put a special on, I don't give give you Jesus with the tribe. I'm not going to get it as much as I did
1: when when I went
0: to see that. And I always knew that. This is all the shit that's coming Mm -hmm. back to me because during the pandemic, we forgot a lot about this Mm -hmm. shit. But I've always enjoyed just watching... Straight up fucking comedy. I don't want to be in a nice place. It could be bricks. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the dirtiest clubs in New York. Those are the ones <laughs> I I'll know. probably end up going to. I love Danger Fields.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it Danger back in Fields. the day. And the, before the, eight people yeah. every night. Yeah, 12 Ten. if you had I a good pack, night.
0: I packed it out one night. I tweeted I had 21. Oh, yeah. And they were like, Joey, what did you do? We got 21 people. I'm like, fuck yeah. 20. Yeah, I love Dangerfield. I love
1: Dangerfield. I did my first show with Chaz at Dangerfield's when we when we really? did his comedy event. When we did a, a charity event there, like it had the old school like r- like hot like a mafia restaurant from the fifties feel. Still like the lamps were still like those little lamps were still at the table. The, everything was red, and God knows they never put the lights on because you didn't want to know what it looked like. But it had that real like you well, thought authentic feel. Was there. Yeah, when
0: you watch the specials mm-hmm. that they shot from there. And you walk in there, you get it. Mm-hmm. You go, wow. I could smell the history in this place. I know. I
1: love When that I moment. sat
0: at the bar, it was the first club that it was an honor for me beside the store to sit at that thing, mm-hmm. at that bar. I did it when I was shooting The Many Saints. I had mm-hmm. never done it before. And when I came back to shoot The Many Saints, I go, I got a bunch of options of where I could go do spots. And none of them find, signed as enticing as danger feels. And I would take an Uber up there. Two, three. I would call Linda Rowe. She'd get me a fucking a showcase. I would go up there. I would do twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, eight people. Yeah. But a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would like to go back to. I love those kind of rooms where they don't even they don't even have enough people for the chairs. Mm-hmm. Like there's thirty chairs in the room and there's eighteen people.
1: News can't announce you're going. <laughs>
0: No, right. no, you just have to, yeah. you have to go in there yeah. but boy, that's the best workout you'll ever have, mm-hmm. because that really gets you talking, and right. it gets you thinking, quickly. Yeah. Like, this shit I, ca- I have, at home, I could write three jokes, but you know that one joke, to seal them all together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't do that at home. Mm-hmm. I have to do that joke on stage. That's when that joke comes completely, that last joke, to add the compliment.
1: Because it's a confirmation. I cannot do, I have to
0: do it on stage mm-hmm. while I work, I just... I don't
1: know. Those small rooms, you have to talk to people. Like, they always say that, you know, you get good in comedy when you when you just sound like you're having a conversation. But when you write the jokes, you're performing an act. When you have just eight people there, you're not theatrical. You're talking to eight people. You got to learn how to talk to the people. Like, that's where you learn your voice and your conversation and your ad-libbing and your, and you know, and you obviously record every set and... It's like nails on a chalkboard to listen to yourself, but oh. that's where you learn.
0: Oh, oh. I hate it. I take the last set in New York City. And there was I got some good jokes out of it, but I didn't like the whole set from Saturday night. I got I like some the jokes that I tried. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed New them. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that stuff. You but played back the whole thing? Uh I played back the parts I wanted to hear, the material I'd done. I can't listen to the whole I
1: know. thing. No.
0: Can't listen to it. I
1: all it's that. pain like it's painful, but I, I know I still have to do it. It doesn't make a difference when you get to a certain point. Sometimes I'm like, just watch it.
0: I've been doing a podcast, I don't know how long now. I don't know how many podcasts we've done, and if I've watched five of them. What
2: this one? Obviously this Any one. Uh, hmm. oh.
3: Two
0: hundred episodes of this. You know, I don't know how many of the church. A hundred with Felicia. I never really watched the whole one. Not because the podcast wasn't good. Because I couldn't stand listening to myself. Like, it's okay when she's talking. But when it goes back to me, I, that's not what I want to see. I want to see her talking. So after a while, I'm like, I'm good.
1: But isn't that crazy? Because you're what everybody wants to see and hear. You're, you're the draw. You're the draw. But yet you yourself, that's, it's something. There's something to that when you think about it.
0: I always thought I was retarded. I thought there was a I thought there was a problem. I really thought there was a problem. I could tell you guys things I did that I'm not proud of that I went to a, a premiere, I would say hello and then leave. I didn't try to come back because I didn't want to watch me. Taxi, I left. I just went to that premiere to see Brady's wife.
1: <laughs> the important things at a premiere.
0: You know, I went to see Tom Brady's wife, the Brazilian girl.
1: Oh, she's single now.
0: She's single. Mackenzie Dern is single. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Mackenzie Dern took all the pictures of her boyfriend off the fucking Insta- Insta- Instagram. People like dogs. Mackenzie <laughs> Dern is single.
1: How do we know this? Intel?
0: No. Nah, there was somebody sent me a message. They go, Joey, this is your chance. <laughs> yeah. Mackenzie is scrapping all her daddy baby pictures off her Instagram. And I'm like, she's single? Jesus Christ. Not that I'm fucking an no, old man. What do I got to offer? But. I thought there was something wrong with me. I never repeated it because I've heard of people. We have a mutual friend,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not a friend. I heard this motherfucker went to a Super Bowl. I know for a fact he went to a Super Bowl one day. Mm-hmm. There were 50 people at the fucking thing. And during the Super Bowl halftime, he goes, enough with this. Let's put a tape up of my stand-up. Oh, oh, at his house or something? Right. Can you imagine me going to your fucking house with your parents and everybody? And this was, the guy wasn't even famous. Not He's never been famous, but guy was never, nobody knew who he was. He went to a party for the Super Bowl. The year I got to California, somebody told me like two weeks later, i got to stay away from this retard. People were in the room. The guy who invited him oh, was real. He went over there.
1: I know who he's saying.
0: And he say popped it? that fucking tape during the fucking Super Bowl. And somebody yelled, "Take it off!" I mean, it's oh, not good. Oh
1: no, I don't even. I don't know the story specifically. And once we're off camera, I'm gonna.
0: Okay, so I'm when going I heard a
1: prize, if I, I heard, guess it right,
0: when I heard, I heard that story, that story, Thanks, you can see how that story stayed with me mm-hmm. because I always thought about what would possess a comic to go to a Super Bowl party and throw his VHS tape in at halftime and force people to watch it. If I had the best set of my life. Mm-hmm. I still couldn't take that tape and make you put it on at the Super Bowl.
2: You wouldn't even put it
0: on YouTube. No, no, I wouldn't put it anywhere.
1: But that's a that's a character trait, and we see them in this industry, right? That that's that's not just that. That's somebody that openly asks for things that they're not entitled to. That's like, there's a whole element here. Like, even me wanting to do this podcast, I didn't ask directly. You know, maybe somebody said something to Joey or... I have always, I, I wouldn't have the balls. Like, I, 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 couldn't do that. I don't know if it's like the way we are. Like that New York. I think he's an Italian, but he's not that New York, New <laughs> Jersey Italian. Like, no, you don't. Like, you do. The, you do. You do hard work. You, you know, you do good, and then things come to you. Like, that's a different level of ego. That's entitlement. That's, and that we see it. We see it with comics or people who want to be comics or, but like, there's a. I've had never, I've asked one person for help the whole time. Like, and it was like pandemic and I just was in like a rut and it was Rich Voss. He's the only person I ever reached out to and said, and and I, I worded it in a way that was like almost like I wasn't worthy of the, and he's like, what are you talking about? Of course you're going to deliver. I'm going to recommend you somewhere and they're going to do, you're going to do good. You're going to do great. And then, but I was like, I've never asked before. And. So when I hear these things or or these people asking for these opportunities, you go, I'm never gonna make it in this industry because I'm never I'm never gonna have that. I'm gonna take the longest road possible to get there because I'm never gonna come from that. You don't come from that.
0: No. But there's two sides to that. And I gotta be honest with you. Number one, something they told you in an Italian house. And a Cuban house, and they told you were in church on every Sunday when you went with your family. Is if you ask, you will receive. Yes. So let's let's let's. You I might. understand where you're coming from
3: because
0: mm-hmm. I got the same problem. Mm-hmm. I can never just ask somebody. I feel a lot better if they contact me mm-hmm. and then those you know a conversation will come up. Like mm-hmm. somebody asked me if I ever did two years ago if I did that thing that they were doing that summer, mm-hmm. and I go, No, I never did it. I wanted to, and somebody mm-hmm. called an ass, mm-hmm. but we never really mm-hmm. put it together, you know? Listen. You're right. I had a problem my first 10 years of comedy, maybe 15 years of comedy. Nobody knew I did comedy. Because it was introduced to me. Like, when I started going on the road, I swear to God, I remember going on the road as an MC, and the club owner going, Saturday and Friday, you have to go to the mall and give away tickets. And I like I, I quit. Right. I'm not going like guys, know. you know I'm outspoken. You know I like having a good time. You I could go up to a woman and go, listen, I got an eight ball of coke. Why don't we go back to your house and right. suck your pussy? Like I'm one of those creepy motherfuckers. But
1: not do you want to come to a comedy show. But I cannot I know. Come up I to couldn't bark either. I go, Hi,
0: hi, what are you ladies <laughs> yeah. doing tonight? Yeah, I know. Why don't you wanna to come to a badass comedy show? And they're like, I don't know. I, that's that I can't I can't
1: I do know, that. I know.
0: So because of that, I suffered. My career, your career suffers mm-hmm. if you're not that type of person. But then something came that took the place of me. My balls, social media. Right. So now those bathroom. are my balls. Now mm-hmm. those are where I got my balls from. You know, it's weird that, and I, I'm ashamed to say this. You know, I, I didn't want to quit cocaine because I thought it would take away from my comedy.
1: That, that's such a common it's problem. It's like people, people say, I didn't want to
0: lose weight because mm-hmm. then I wouldn't get hired for roles. Mm-hmm. This is all a stupid thing that you have in your mind. When I got off cocaine, my sex life went down to two in more ways than one because that was my courage, even with my wife. That was my courage. That's how I went out at night. I'll ask that chick if she wants to suck dick. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. I could ask anybody anything.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: When I had a couple lines in me or a cocktail, you know, when are you going to put me on that stage? Soon. I remember saying that to Danny Murr one time at the Tempe Improv. We had just done a line of Coke. I snorted Coke, and Danny walked in the room. I didn't snort Coke with him. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were talking. I go, what what do I have to do to go in your room? I'm the funniest feature up here. And he's like, I'll contact you. Obviously, I still remember that story because it irked me for the rest of my life because that's the shit I could do when I was coked up. Right. But I couldn't do it when I was sober. But then I realized once social media came that you have to let people know. So I did it through social media. Telling people, like I was never going to go out and hang on a
1: flyer. Right. No, I know.
0: I can't pass I can't. out a flyer come to the show. Oh, no, hey, I know. I'm not going to pass flyers out in the cars. You know, I'm not going to do those that's things.
1: Thing
2: you do. You retweet my
0: things. That's like pass mm-hmm. out. passing out flyers. So mm-hmm. it's, it's,
1: that helped me. Yeah, I did even look at it. I didn't even make that comparison as to what that is. It's false. But, and and to your point, and and not against what I said, but our mutual friend Kathy, when I was telling her, like, when I was in a run, she's like, well, ask them. I'll ask this person if you, I'm like, no, 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 don't ask anybody anything. And she's like, she goes, I don't want to, she's very blunt. She's like, I, I don't want to say this to insult you, but you're having a very ignorant neighborhood mentality right now. And I was like, um, what? What do you mean? And she was like, "That, get out of that! Like in this industry, people ask for things. Like you got to ask, speak up, you know, you, you know." And the same with you, like, ask. You got to get fed, right? And I'm like, huh. so when she said it, I was like, you know, because I think I'm not that, right? I'm not this ignorant neighborhood girl. But that was the mentality that she was kind of saying that I had.
0: You have to promote and you have yourself, to and mm-hmm. some people it comes to very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, Dane Cook was very good at it on Facebook. On MySpace, oh, he was yeah. very good mm-hmm. at it, and but all those things I can never do. So I, I can never put a tape in at a fucking Super Bowl. But I thought I was in bad shape, and then one night I got home early from the mm-hmm. store, and Johnny Depp was on Letterman. Mm-hmm. This has to be maybe 2010, maybe 2009, mm-hmm. around there, because I felt better after, and. They were talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean. And mm-hmm. he goes, so when you did the Pirates, how the dailies looking? And he goes, I don't know. And he goes, what do you mean? You're the star of the yeah. show, and you don't know what the dailies look like. And John Depp go, I, Johnny Depp goes, I don't look at those. I don't like looking at myself on video. And he goes, you're the one of the most handsome men in the world.
1: Johnny Johnny Depp. Depp.
0: And Johnny Depp went into the same spiel that I tell people. I mean, he just went into it. I do not watch myself. I can't listen to myself. If I'm walking in a room and I hear my voice, I fucking cringe. He was just telling my story, and I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, I'm not retarded. Mm-hmm. I'm not. There's not something you know mentally off of me. This is Johnny Depp. He looks like that. <laughs> he looks like that, okay? <laughs> I look like this, but he looks like that. Right. And he don't want to be seen, or he don't want to see himself. So it all came full circle. I understood it. So you have to work with it. I knew it was. It just wasn't me. You know me. I mean? I could t- the longest yard, the crew screening. I stayed at. The premiere. I did not stay at. <clears throat> when I went to Grudge Match with my buddies, I got up and left. I got up and went outside. They stayed and watched Grudge Match. I'll do it a couple minutes, but once I start popping up in the screen, I gotta get out of there. That's uncomfortable for a guy like this me. Yes, it makes me feel, I don't want to be that guy. I'm a right. <laughs> I'm a best. No. Does
2: a movie feel like it's
0: fake? You want me to tell you what it feels like? It feels like they made a movie and put my fucking image in there. Because I'm looking at it going, what am I doing in that fucking movie? That's
1: like imposter syndrome. Like yes, that. like what am I doing yeah. in that fucking thing? I'm a
0: fucking felon. I grew up in Jersey. We don't make movies.
1: You do, but you do. I do, right?
0: But in my mind, I know it will not let me stand
1: up sets. Come
0: yeah. on, it's, come on. It's
1: hard because the only way to wa- lo- really learn what you're doing and what you- is to listen and to watch. But in the same part, I'm like, I don't want to see because I don't want to overthink it. The next time I get on stage, not to do this or not to do that. But it's like
0: I will tell you what I will do. I will tell you what I will do. I will take a short set of mine, Mm -hmm. like a YouTube set of mine, and watch it and keep it very low. And I know what I'm saying, but I want to watch my body movements. Because I know if I add a body movement to this Mm -hmm. joke, Mm -hmm. they'll push the joke through. You know, that I'll do. Mm -hmm. But again, did you hear what I said? Short. Set. Six. (coughs) Seven minutes. Ten Mm -hmm. minutes. I could tolerate that. If one of my girls come downstairs, that thing gets taken off the computer faster than anything. The only thing I will watch to learn from, because I think it's the only really spectacular job I've ever done, is Ari Shafia's Storyteller Show. The Sister Heysen, I really like that one. That was something that I sat there with a pen from the end to the beginning and worked on very hard, and that's why it came out that good. I never worked that hard on my stand-up. But I enjoyed the story concept of doing it because I just like it. It's a, but that's the only time I can watch myself.
1: Wow.
0: That shit of shooting the special and coming home every night and listening to your sets from the flappers and haha, that shit almost killed me. So by the time I got to the special, I was so beat up from the shitty material, I didn't know where I was coming from. That's why I'm not a special comic.
2: Right.
0: I don't like shooting specials. It doesn't work. Everybody has a different knock. Mm-hmm. My knock is I don't do a good special, and I know it going in. I don't ever want to do it again. I like going up there and just killing with no.
1: But I, there are, and I won't mention them, but there are comics I love that I think are great that I watch the special. I'm like, oh, they should just, people should just see them live. Mm-hmm.
3: That's why I want to record him when he's not
1: aware of it. That's a great idea. I mean, obviously it. just for him. No, I do <laughs> <laughs> Because I, that's the other thing. Like, I know there's going to be a camera on me Saturday, yeah. but... Right. But it's it's a different it's a different level. How long have
0: you been doing comedy for now?
1: Uh full time, like ten years. Okay. And then before that I don't count those three of you know those three or four years of getting up and working writing my first few bits. And
0: so you count like it like that from the time you got a dollar? Mm-hmm. Okay. That seems fair. So you're ready. Ten years you're a veteran, you know. Ten years of comedy you already know what's going on. You know, you really know what's going
1: on. I feel like I'm fine. I really found my voice. You're a purple belt voice. in
0: jujitsu. You know what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. You get yourself out of this situation. It's just finding more material. And mm-hmm. now you're on the upswing of building mm-hmm. a following momentum, mm-hmm. getting a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. to compliment the credits. It's such a fucking str- And again, even like young comics, I couldn't wait to get a credit. When you bring me up, when people bring me up and they come to me, and they go, what do you want me to say? I go, nothing. You worked so hard for, for those credits. Credit. For anybody who knows, you can't wait to have a credit. Uh-huh. I like, can't wait. Like, I can use this as a credit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then you have, like, three of them, and you're like, right. oh, shit. Right. Oh, shit. And then one day, you're like, don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. I just want to... as a
1: credit. Yeah. I, I'm using Uncle... I was just yeah. appeared on Uncle Joey's yeah. joint for, like, the next year. No. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. No, <laughs> but No, but...
1: no. You're right. It is you...
0: There's so many... Comedy is such a great journey mm-hmm. for people. And the journey starts, it really starts at the 10-year mark. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It gets better at the 20-year mark. Mm-hmm. And people see that. And they, it's like you telling me if I join the army, I have to stay till, for 20 years. When you're 18, that seems like a fucking eternity. Mm-hmm. But it's really not, guys. Not. If you're at home right now listening to this, it's not. We We look at time. Like, I still remember... I blew. I almost blew my life because I would. I, my friends could get me union jobs, whether it was longshoreman jobs, brick mason's job. But when they tell me it was a four year apprenticeship, I'm like, I, I'm not doing that. I'll do a four week apprenticeship, and I want to get paid. I'm like, well, these motherfuckers on here because you don't see that kind of time in your life. But once you're there, and you're like, I've been doing this shit for ten years. Mm-hmm. Ten years is the sweet spot in comedy.
1: And that's like when I was watching the show and I was getting upset watching last comic standing. I go, well, I should have started. I started the I should have done it then and I should have done it now. And then I'm like, you know what, Sarah? 10 years from now, you're going to say, I wish I started then. And I'm going to go, oh my God, why didn't, you know, I said, so just start. It's, it's You just have to start. It sounds so cliche and corny, but it's like, you just have to start.
0: Well, that's why when people come to me and they go, hey, man, I'm just, listen, there's two things everybody hates to hear. Are you gonna join jujitsu? No, I'm gonna let me get in shape to come in there. You're mm-hmm. never gonna get in shape. You know, it's like mm-hmm. people. It's like people trying to tell me I'm not gonna join the gym till I get in shape. Right, right, right. <clears throat> you know, and would stand up when people call me. If you paid me five hundred dollars and said, "Joe, I want you to give me an hour tutoring," I go, "How about I give you four seventy-five back and give me? I'll take twenty-five dollars for the best advice I could give you. Don't even worry about your material the first mm-hmm. two or three times on stage. Don't even worry about." It. Go up there and tell me a story about your cat. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you do that than be up there clunky. I just want you to get over the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. I focused a lot on my words, and it almost cost me my career because I kept saying, I'm not gonna go up until I write. What? Well, you're not gonna fucking right. write. Right. You've never written before. What makes you think you're gonna become fucking Lenny Bruce now?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Get up there. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, just get just go up there. You're gonna 80% chances are you're gonna bump. And it's not gonna really matter. Nobody's ever gonna remember it. I don't care if you go up on an open mic at a bar, whatever's easy for you, karaoke, they all count. Get up there.
1: The only way to get good is to be bad. Yeah. I learned, if I had a great night and killed, I learned more from a night when I did it. I never say I killed, so let me, at 10 years, I still don't say I ever killed. But if I had a great night, if I had a bad night, I, you know, of course the next morning I'm like, I'm quitting, I'm quitting, this isn't for me. You never, you know, you don't quit. But, you, I learned so much more from those nights.
0: I would never quit. I would just tell myself that I was a piece of shit that what made mm-hmm. me think I could ever do this. And then it's you go, okay, I'll give this another month. And if you don't fucking make it work, I'm mm-hmm. done with you, comedy. And then something good happens that's what
1: happened i would get into a place where i'd be like how am i doing this with my life i'm giving everything up for this to pursue this dream and then you have a bad night you'd be like this is i'm not a comic this isn't for me and then boom you get something or you get it and you're like it's like it takes one good night to erase 30 bad and then you're right back you're right back into the like oh i can do this
0: now think about it people are at home right now watching this that conversation you just said, you think mm-hmm. you're crazy. If you said that to me 30 years ago, I'm like, you're fucking crazy. I got to have 30 bad nights? To have one good night? You're fucking crazy. It's but you know explain to one them one how good that night is.
1: That <laughs> one good yeah. one night, it's like I'm, I found who I am. Like I'm, I know what I'm meant to do. And it's like a, an actualization. Like it's, You can't really explain it. It's just like this is who I am like, and you, you find yourself in that night and you go, this is it. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to feel this again. And then of course it's a different level of chase when you get to a certain level, you know, when you, you know, one great night, great, but I should have been, you know, I should have, you start going, Oh, where you want to be, like where I wanted to be 10 years ago. Now I'm not as grateful as maybe I should be. Right. Because now I'm looking at the next 10 years. So you kind of really humble yourself and these times, and I got to say, this is where I wanted to be. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Be happy with where you are now. But it's hard
0: mm-hmm. when you get
1: into this. But that one, those good nights, man, it's it's the best feeling in the world. That's why, it's, it's why I'm here.
0: You know, I want to write another book about, like, that experience. Like, I didn't really dive into it in my book, like, that experience from 1991 to... 2000 if i look at my life those were the best nine years of my life and i slept in cars i had to borrow money to do showcases the one club gave me six weeks of work and then a month later they shut all the clubs down after i drove 14 hours each way you know you don't want to tell this to people because but it's all part of this fucking thing that's so Mm -hmm. close to your heart Mm -hmm. when you really really look at it like like you know traveling the states and meeting different people, Mm -hmm. like being stuck in a town and somebody helps you, and you're like, the world is a fucking vampire. You know what I'm saying? Like the world is a Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. place that people will come to your help, even when, and look, nobody knew who I was. When I was getting $50 on the triple runs, a show, you know, nobody even acknowledges you, okay? You're the guy under the headliner. And I still wouldn't trade in for anything else. Mm -hmm. I still remember sleeping in hotels where it was owned by Hindu people, and you could smell the curry coming into the vents all night and shit like that,
3: that
0: and the whole hotel smell. You know, I can't, but it's all part of the fucking, the, the experience. Like when you look at getting to Rock Springs, Wyoming, and the hotel saying we only got one room, you got to spend the night with the headliner in the same room, and he's snoring and he hates L.A., you know, oh. he's one of those fucking mm-hmm. negative headliners. Mm-hmm. These are all, edu- that's all part of mm-hmm. who you are. Like, this is what's on my sleeve
1: now. And you need that thick skin in this industry. And that makes you stronger, that makes you tougher, like you.
0: Listen, that thick skin is going to go with you forever. Mm-hmm. You need to rip your the, the scab off your soul and build it back because it's going to come in handy in 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's going to come in handy in 20 years. And that's a lot of people. Everybody's in such a rush. They miss those early steps. And then you're going to have to go back. Mm-hmm. So do them now. That's why my motto has always been you could pay me now. Or you could pay me later. I didn't invent it. Penzol did in the fucking 80s. If you don't change your oil in your car.
1: And this is a word from our sponsor. And this is a word <laughs> from our sponsor. Pennzoil.
0: But it's the truth. And I know for a fact. It goes with comedy. Because let me tell you what's happening with comedy today. I know That's
1: know
0: what he's going to say. Fucking, and you know this. Mm-hmm. What's happening with comedy today, and I have nothing against these people, mm-hmm. is that a guy makes a video on YouTube. Social media. Then he makes another video on YouTube. Then he makes another video on YouTube. He gets like 10 million downloads. Now somebody just says to him, you should just do stand-up. Well, I don't know how it happens. You know, it could happen that way. Or they are doing stand-up mm-hmm. online, cracking mm-hmm. little jokes. And then they start going into clubs, and they go into clubs with a following, Yeah. which I didn't have a following. I'll never forget, David Tell came up to me in Miami one night, and he goes, dog, I like what you're doing as a feature act because you are building a following. Because when you do hit later on, these people are going to feel responsible. They saw you, and they're going to come out and see you Mm -hmm. even more. And it's the truth. It Whenever I go to Miami or mm-hmm. those play Houston, people come up to me and go, I remember seeing you open for Rogan in 98 when you took your dick out and you chased a mm-hmm. fucking penguin across the, you know. And it's, How could they forget? How could they forget? <laughs> but
1: no, but it's true.
0: All that builds. Mm-hmm. And people don't know that. So this YouTube sensation that you got, he's got 30 million. He sells out the improv. Yeah. And this is all great, but he's performing in front of his crowd. He's performing in front of his own people. He never won one over. This is what's happened with you two. You never won a crowd over. They come in to see you and you attack. Now one day, Bob Kelly's going to come up to you and go, hey, why don't we go do a set at Gotham? Why don't we go do Mm -hmm. a set at the Comedy Cellar? And you're going to go up in front of an audience that isn't you. And it's going to shock you to no fucking You
1: could not say it. You could have not made a better comparison to what that is. I know. It's not good. I see it now when, like, uh, you know, and I, listen. I'll be a feature act if it's a big enough name, or somebody's selling out, you know. Say, oh, this, 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 you know, this kid sold out, you know, the club or whatever, and I got to do thirty-five or forty minutes for, as an opener. You don't got an act, you just filled seats, and
0: it's crazy when you see that.
1: And then they go, oh, you know, you were great. I couldn't follow. Or yeah, well, you have to do, you know, before you put your name because you want people to come back to see you. And it, and it's an easy mistake. Listen, you get popularity like that you think like anything else oh i can do it we haven't be respected in it either
0: no you're not going to get respected because you deserve no respect right. but then you go up in front of your audience these audiences mm-hmm. and they're blowing smoke up your ass and that's not
1: that's right. not healthy i know
0: that's not healthy not to mention you over skipped the mc the process of the mc mm-hmm. and you over skip the process When of you the grow feature. the
1: most yeah they're there mm-hmm.
0: for a reason those mm-hmm. two positions are there for a reason. Don't, you have to go through the ranks for a reason. Okay, you went to the army, you went to college, you got your officer. Now you're coming as an officer. That means you're coming as a fucking MC. Right. That's what that means. You mm-hmm. don't come in as a fucking, Head-letter. you know, somebody else. You're coming as a, <clears throat> watch this and listen. With fucking uh, a, 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 a guy who, like, I took a comedy class. Mm-hmm. It was a three week class. Mm-hmm. It didn't really cover. Right. He told me to get Judy Carter's book and then. Uh-huh. Judy Carter took it so, from there. Yeah, yeah it's uh-huh. whatever. So, but I did those ranks. I bombed. I still remember going to a room that started at 11, and the guy coming up to me, 15 minutes going, 15 more minutes, 15 more minutes, and it's one fifteen, and there's eight people left. Mm-hmm. And you invited six of your friends to come yeah. see you, and they drove you, and they took you to dinner. You know, these, these things, you know, I'm, I'll never forget... Doing the Latin comedy festival for the Toyota comedy festival, Mm -hmm. the Latin thing at Mm the Carolines, and that comic threw me to the wolves. He fucking made Mm -hmm. me follow a salsa band because he didn't like me. At the end, he put the salsa band up.
1: Right now, everybody's dancing. They're moving. Can you fucking believe that? The show is done. I had to
0: follow a fucking salsa band. And that stays with you for a long time. And you're mm-hmm. like, how could I like when I got off the stage that night? I'm like, how could I have handled that better? And I went home and took my notebook in mm-hmm. the middle of all, and I go, no. Mm-hmm. You can't handle that. That's mm-hmm. that's not what should have happened. You go up before the fucking band. Mm-hmm. They did like three songs of carolines. Oh no,
1: that's yeah. And
0: kept, the guy kept saying to me, but "You're really, you're really strong. Go up after them." And I'm like, "I'm not fucking strong. What the fuck are you talking about?"
1: It doesn't make a difference how strong you are. You've just changed the whole vibe of the room, the whole energy.
0: Are you excited for Saturday night? I am
1: excited for Saturday. I am. I think- how long
0: have you been working this material for?
1: I put some new stuff in there which almost you would never do, but if I don't like no, it, I can have take to. it out. Yeah, you have to. so it's some of my. I, I even took some of my first jokes that I don't even do anymore because I want to have everything out there and then see what is I really want, like what I want on this album because this is my first real intro.
0: And then uh, you do know that your life is going to be hell next Monday. Once you're out of material.
1: Oh, oh, I know. Oh. It's it's like a double-edged word. Like, oh, part of me is like, oh, my God, that's <coughs> it now. Like, now you have to start back to the drawing board. But there's also a part of me that's like, I don't want to do those jokes anymore. So it's like, it's, I, I, you know, I feel it like.
0: I'm really proud of you that you're doing you. this. And it's so crazy to say that. to some, Again, another thing that's crazy. You can't wait to put together your jokes. and Mm -hmm. You can't wait to go tell them. And Mm -hmm. what a great feeling it is to fucking write a new act Mm -hmm. and you're Mm -hmm. enjoying it and jokes are flying out of you. But then, all of a sudden, you shoot this fucking special. And now what? And now you're out of jokes.
1: What's that going to be like? Tell me.
0: Okay, so now you're going to, what we discussed, you're going to have your leftover jokes that you didn't. Mm -hmm. that they didn't take in the special Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have that left over so you could take what you have Mm -hmm. and take that material from a different direction I would just start from scratch and it's brutal it's brutal it's It's what I been going through the last six months here Mm -hmm. trying to do material and you know not, uh, not being able to grow with it you know like the last six months I've had a hard time fucking writing here so Now I'm okay. I wrote some great stuff for this week. But when you shoot a special, you have to go up there for like two weeks and find the hook. Mm -hmm. Then once you find the hook, you're like, thank God, I got three minutes. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. you have seven minutes. And then you go, oh, shit, I wrote a joke close to this a year ago. Let me go back in that notebook and get that joke out that I I couldn't fix it with anything else. And that's how you start putting things together. then you're up to 20 minutes and you're fine. Because now at least you can do sets. Right. You got 20 minutes. Right. It's when you don't have any material. I
2: know.
0: And you got to go up there and start from scratch. And that's what what I, in fact, I'm telling you, that's what I had to do. And since I was out of the comedy, listen, when you do comedy every night, Mm -hmm. 10 years, 15 years, and I've said it on here before, you become, your mind is sharp. Like Mm -hmm. if you see something, you Mm -hmm. process it right right away. It's very funny. The pandemic and what I was going through took me away from that state of mind.
1: We weren't really seeing it, right.
0: Which the state of mind is which when we're driving and I can just come up with a joke when I see somebody. Right. I Now I'm starting to get it back. I still have the ability. I have, after last week's show, I could tell the joke writing is starting to come back. Mm -hmm. It's taken a lot longer than I wanted it to, but.
1: We weren't living during the pandemic. I feel like in order, and I I, I realize this now when I don't want to take a break where I feel like I got to get up every night. I'm like, I got to live life in order to joke about it. And I feel like we're kind of getting back to our groove, and that's why it's coming back now, and that's why.
0: Yeah, but there were some people who went right back on the horse. Like, I thought comedy clubs were going to be packed. Mm -hmm. All these comics are going to go back and do their regime, Mm -hmm. go back Mm -hmm. to a club, start from Mm -hmm. scratch, pack up material and get to Mm -hmm. theaters and stuff. No, it was a week later, and most comics went right back to where they were, right back to a theater. You know, for me, I, I, I... but I look at things a lot differently. I don't like going up there just to crack jokes. I want them to get something. I want them to get an hour from me, and that's not always possible. You know, I'm not going to have that ability at all times because, like even now, I feel like I'm doing okay, but I'm not. I'm not Joey. I just Diaz saw you,
1: and huh? you. I just saw you perform. Well,
0: oh, by Uncle Vinny's two yeah. weeks ago. I feel comfortable now, but I'm not where I was before the pandemic. It's taken a long time, and correct. I haven't been working out like I would mm-hmm. in L.A. Like mm-hmm. I knew different rooms; mm-hmm. everything was a lot closer to me. But I'm, I'm feeling it again, and it's been it's fucking been. fun. You know, it's
1: good to hear you say that. Did no, you scared fun. some people when you were like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do it anymore"? Everybody was like, oh.
0: "I don't, I don't want to do it to the extent that I was doing it." But I don't want to do like somebody offered me a tour next year, and I thought about it. I didn't say no yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't said anything. I just was like, I don't know.
1: Because, because why though? Because of, it's taxing when you think about it. Like, ta- or because is it? You're at a point now where you can allow balance in your life. Like, I feel like when you first start, no, you're not I gonna get. No, there's no balance. There's like a there tunnel no vision. There's no such thing as balance no, when you first start. There was start. no balance at all. But nothing. N- But now you've got a beautiful home. You're giving your daughter a completely different childhood than she would have had back in L.A. You have different friends. There are different things you're interested in. You're going out to dinner tonight with friends instead of going to a club. Or Do you think that's why? Because you're trying to find that happy medium? Like, why would you say no to a tour? Not that you have said no It's my
0: fucking weekends, man. That's it. It's my fucking weekends. I've given up my weekends Mm -hmm. for 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Okay, so... Mm -hmm. Now I have something to do on the weekends.
1: But you don't even have to perform on a weekend.
0: No, no, no. I could still perform on Tuesdays and Wednesdays Uh or Thursdays. But the whole thing seems taxing to me. I'm at a point right now in my life where I want to be home a little more. Mm -hmm. The world's not the fucking Mm -hmm. great place right now. I enjoy doing my shows in the city. When I go to the city with you, that's a good time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I can handle right now. What's going to happen next July, next August? I don't know. But for right now, I'm just getting my bearings back. I don't, I didn't want to get into this from day one. I didn't want to go nowhere I was before with the podcast or with the stand-up career. Mm-hmm. I wanted to cut it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be 20 hours a day. Mm-hmm. This was 20 hours a day mm-hmm. in my life for the last 30 fucking years. Not, for the last 12 years, mm-hmm. it's been 20 hours a fucking day. And it's not performing or doing things. It's the mental.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the thinking and the, the jokes. And, the, you know, you're not a, a, a feature anymore. Mm-hmm. People are actually paying $40 to come see you, a babysitter, a dinner. You can't go up there, like, just treat them like that. So,
1: And that's why you're so good, because you're not thinking of you when you're on that stage. No. The best comics are thinking about the audience.
0: I'm thinking about the audience, mm-hmm. man. I don't... I under... I don't like what's going on today. Mm-hmm. I don't like that audiences are paying $200 to see a comic mm-hmm. or two ninety nine. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. These comics can make a living on $30 tickets just mm-hmm. like I fucking mm-hmm. did for years. So I always think about the audience. I want them. Jesus Christ, when a comic tells me they haven't written a joke in a year, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I told my wife that, How can nothing happen in a year? Nothing. Right. That's what you're telling me. That nothing happened in your life in a fucking year. Tell me about the car that sped by your house mm-hmm. and almost hit your fucking kid. You know, tell me something. Something has had to happen. So when you think like that, you always gotta be uh on top of it. When you're writing and stuff, I don't right. have that no more. I have a child now. I have a wife now. I could be writing and my child will come up to me and go, Dad, you wanna go play basketball? Mm-hmm. I can't just go, No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a joke. I can't mm-hmm. do that no more. Can't do that no more. So I'm like I said, I'm doing the best and the most that I can do right
1: and now. And that's
0: it. And that's it. Do I think about getting on a plane on a Friday night, on a Thursday, and doing that second show?
1: Yeah. No. No.
0: That ship no. sailed. No. Um, I consider even doing a Friday night tour, a Saturday night tour, like just Saturday Mm -hmm. nights. But what I want, how Mm -hmm. I want to do it is not how most people want to do it. It would cost a lot more because I'm not doing fucking commercial flights anymore. Oh. I'm not doing them for a tour. I'm not doing them. So if somebody wants to do a tour, I'll even take less money. And figure out a right. way just to fucking get out of there after my show.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Get off stage at 11, you're on a plane at fucking mm-hmm. 11.15. Like Rogan did at Atlantic City, what Segura does every night. They get out of that town. Mm-hmm. They get to the next town the next day. That's what I would like to do. But I, I, first of all, I never liked doing Tuesday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. This whole last run I did was never. It was always Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. That's it. No Sundays. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, I don't have time for you. You know, I, I don't mind doing the city on a Wednesday. Right. I, I go to the stand tonight with you right. or Danger Feels. But that's where I am right now. Mm-hmm. That's where I am. I still love comedy like I did when I first got on that stage. I still love it. It's just I had to love it in a different way now. I have more people to love.
3: Mm-hmm. When I got
0: into and, and, and I knew this in L.A., I don't know how many nights I would be at dinner and she just said prayers. And I got to get dressed, go to the store and talk about eating ass and shooting somebody. And, you know, it's like, and then you start thinking about the mafia. How you joined the mafia when you're 18 Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or 23 or 24 because you're shooting people. You don't give Mm -hmm. a fuck about shooting people. But then you bump into a beautiful girl at the deli and you have beautiful children with her. And now I got to go shoot somebody and go take my daughter to church tomorrow. Take her to the daddy daughter dance. It was surreal to me. That's what I would feel like. I'd be there watching the same prayers and with the same, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go down to the comedy store. I'm going to smoke some dope. And I'm like, I can't do this no more. It just wasn't working. So I have a lot more people that need my attention now.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not the, you know, guys, comedy is never growing up. Stand-up gives you the permission to never grow up, and I love that about stand-up because I never wanted to grow up. Mm -hmm. If you become a comedian, it's because you don't want to grow up. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I became a comedian because I liked it, like you Mm like watching it, Mm -hmm. but when I read Lenny Bruce's book, Mm. I liked the fact that when I read that book, I was lost. I was a criminal. I was a drug addict. He hung out at a strip club, and then he went to the Chelsea Hotel, and he went to sleep, and he shot heroin with jazz musicians. That's what I wanted. I didn't want to shoot heroin, right. but I wanted to right. snort coke right. and drink all night, right. and, and especially in New York. What a dream. Mm-hmm. It would be to leave your house. Like If I was a comic that slept all day, oh, right. get up at seven, mm-hmm. eat some Chinese food, smoke some pot, make some calls, and then leave at 10 o'clock at night and just attack New York? Mm-hmm. Come on, dog. Mm-hmm. That's a dream come true stop at two go get a slice of pizza go with Tara. get Mm -hmm. a late steak somewhere Mm -hmm. in the village and then you go home at five in the morning and there's another party going on at the chelsea hotel coke bitches strippers who wouldn't dream of that that's a fucking paradise that's a that's why i got into comedy because it gave me permission to be yourself not to grow up Mm -hmm. when you get into comedy how many bills you got
1: (laughs) yeah i know i know
0: like I told Lisa, you ever see somebody come up in an open mic with a Lamborghini?
1: Right, right. Nobody ever pulls yeah.
0: up in a Lamborghini on an open mic, right? Everywhere else. You could be in a coffee mm-hmm. shop, beep, beep. Nobody ever pulls up in a Lamborghini. So I, I didn't have anything when I got into comedy. And now I have people. Like I never thought, I always thought I was going to die like Charles Bronson. Like alone in my house, you know, in a basement apartment with a cat. Drinking from a bowl, like in, in hard There is times. a cat,
1: but that's it. That's the only.
0: But then all these things came that take your time, your health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when you're a comic, you don't really think about health. Not till no. I met Joe Rogan. You're on the road. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time Rogan goes, you want to work out? I'm on the road, bitch. What mm-hmm. workout? Your body, your health, all these things come in. And the honest to God truth, I don't want to go out like Bob Saget.
2: No.
0: I don't want to die in a hotel room. Guys. No. Not now. 20 years ago, I wanted to die in a hotel room with a naked woman sitting on my face. But now, I want to die right here.
1: And you found your balance. And,
0: and, and this
1: balance. is and this is, this is is the gift.
0: And I still you love stand-up. After 30 up. years, right. Yeah, I still love stand-up. I have to find a different way to do it. Mm-hmm. And if it means going to Uncle Vinny's on Thursdays mm-hmm. for a year
2: mm-hmm.
0: and doing the New York, uh, the Sony Theater, Sony Hall once a month, mm-hmm. so be it. Once I get more room. Listen, Chappelle took off eight years. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: And he waited to his kids. In two Mm -hmm. years, my daughter's not going to want to do nothing with me. Mm -hmm. Already I told her I'm have to go to Cincinnati for this movie. And she's like, that's okay, Dad. I'll just come and visit you. That was not her stance. That was not the response he wanted
1: either. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That was not her stance two months ago. Right. So I know in two years, she's going to go, Dad, you can do whatever you want. Mm now. And... I'll take more advantage of that. You know, okay. who knows what the future brings, but today this is the best I could do.
1: Because you, you found how to be in the present, and that's not that's something we you get you. you as a new comic, you're never gonna get that. No,
0: and as a thirty-two-year-old loser, I was never gonna get that. As a forty-four-year-old mm-hmm. loser, I was gonna get that. I needed somebody, something to happen. Mm-hmm to make me overhaul everything. And it was that little girl. I mean, I love being here. I love the softball game. Last night, I was the only dad at softball practice. I sat by myself. The moms were yakking. You know, that's what moms do. I sat by myself. I love all this shit. Isn't
1: that a beautiful place to be when you can become like that? Did you ever think... Years ago, you could just be sitting at a soft Like Even now, like I drive by one. My husband would be like, you ready for that? You want kids? You ready? And I'd be like, you and your mother better be ready because I <laughs> yeah. ain't doing that. I'm going to be in comedy clubs every night. I'm not doing that. So I'm not ready for that at my age. I, I long, like For what you're saying, believe it or not, I long for that level. Even Hopefully. if it's not with a kid, with a, a level of peace that I don't think I have yet because I'm still climbing and I'm still digging and finding myself. You don't want
0: peace. I don't, you think I was looking for peace when I was 45? But, I, I,
1: but I, there is a part of me that says, like, I'm listening to you say that, and I'm like, that's got to be so peaceful. I don't have that level of peace. I've, I have to take things to have that level of peace.
0: Listen, man, I had to, <laughs> but I also had to make sacrifices. Right. Like it was very rough to lose the comedy salary. Oh. It was very rough. Mm-hmm. But I looked at my wife and I go, we'll make it work. I'll put more albums on serious. You know, there's always mm-hmm. shit you could do. You know, but you have to close one door before another one opens. And people don't understand that when they life, they want their life to change. Your life's not going to change no matter how much you want it. You have to make sacrifices, and then life will make sac- the universe will make sacrifices, and you'll meet in the middle. For me to attain this peace and to be able to go to sleep at 11 again,
1: Mm -hmm. and I
0: look at my Whoop watch and I sleep till fucking 8, and I'm getting REM sleep again. Yeah, yeah. I know. For me to attain that, I couldn't attain it by going on the road every night. So I had to give something up, Mm -hmm. and I gave up the thing that most people can't give up, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is money. I stepped away from the money. If the money's in the universe, it'll come to you. Mm -hmm. Whether you do this, I might hit the lotto tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I might mm-hmm. hit sixty million and go, I told you. I had right. money coming to me. Right. Right. But I tell you. <laughs> so we always have money coming to us when you're a good person and you do good things. The universe will smile down on you. But I had to cut away a lot of stuff that made me joy. I I narrowed down my stand up to what was going on. Let's be honest. Since we're being honest today. Mm-hmm. And I want want you young comics to learn something. I wasn't addicted to comedy anymore. There was nothing about comedy I liked. Towards the end, there was nothing about comedy that made me want, I, I didn't want to go, oh, I can't wait to try that new joke in front of Tara. She's going to mm-hmm, love it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to try that new joke in front of Mike. I would get on a plane with the sole exceptions, Can't wait for Saturday night to put that check in my hand for the theaters. I got addicted to the check.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I became a different person when the check was put in my hand. Once the check was put in my hand, The weekend ended. I don't want to take no more pictures. I don't want to talk about comedy no more. I mean, I was dead serious about it. People never understood that because that's not who I, it just Mm -hmm. wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I was doing everything off that check. The only thing I did that was pure was go do my $15 set at the comedy store. That's what kept me pure. But everything else was too out there for me. I wanted to get that love back. And until I get that desire back, like mm-hmm. I told you that at mm-hmm. 7 o'clock I'm telling my wife, where the fuck is dinner? I got to get the fuck out of here to go to mm-hmm. the Stress Factory mm-hmm. or Dino's mm-hmm. or Gotham. When that happens, mm-hmm. I'll call you and let you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it, the case has been. I miss doing comedy. I miss it. I miss the comedy store.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I miss the comedy store. But I have to just see where I'm at. And I'll come back to it. Or you move from here. I already I proved my point. I proved my point. I didn't. To me, I couldn't keep going back on the road. I, I was starting to see that already with my mm-hmm. friends. I learned that from Ralphie. How many times are you going to go to Columbus, Ohio? How many times are you going to go to Houston, Texas? Mm-hmm. And we try to hide it with different venues. Oh, this one time we'll do mm-hmm. the improv. It'll be different, yeah, a different experience. And then we'll, they get you another theater. Then they get you a bigger, bigger theater. Mm-hmm. Then they get you a bigger, bigger theater. Now you're in a fucking arena, which is not good. I don't want to do comedy in a fucking arena. It's more personalized for me. So I didn't want to even to get that way. Like I, when I was seeing these guys going into an arena, I go, that would be nice. That's a paid day." But at the same time, you sacrifice. You fac- You sacrifice the real art of comedy. Mm-hmm. People are watching you on a fucking screen.
1: And you're missing so much.
0: And you're missing so mm-hmm. much. So I don't want people to miss that. The same way I enjoy life, the live experience, I want to give people that live mm-hmm. experience.
1: It's intimate, uh, yeah.
0: The intimate, you know, 500 seats. I could probably put it... Anybody knows I could probably sell another 1,000 tickets every night.
2: Yeah. I don't want to do that.
0: In fact, I wish Sony Hall was 350 I wish it was 250 sometimes because I would have more control. I could start from there again. I don't want to go up in front of a 2,000-seat arena. I don't know. I started at Uncle Dino's for a reason, Uncle Vinny's. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with 140 people. And if it's a bad night, we'll have 80. We never had a bad night, so... Mm. We can work with that. So that's where I'm at. And listen. That's where I'm at. (laughs) You have to make sacrifices Mm -hmm. and you have to, your life is not going to change. You have to make the initial things. And yeah, after I said no, I ate dick for three or four months, you know, like money wasn't coming in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, then movies started coming in and Mm -hmm. other things started coming in. Why? Because you got to close one door before another one opens. And now when I'm ready, I'll go back to stand-up when right. I'm ready to go. And I could be the most effective thing in the world. But right now, I can't. I don't have it.
1: But you have it to do other things. There rewards woods around this in other ways, whether it's the softball game for you or, or doing an audition or getting a, a new part. There's other, you know, it's, it's from one thing came another.
0: Let me tell you something. I've had more auditions in the last six weeks than I've had the last 10 years for years. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? So in the years, like when I was in L.A., I would get three or four auditions in a year. Or somebody would make an offer. Here, at least, I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Set. Like in the last six six weeks, I've probably gotten seven auditions. Because the agency realized they're not going to get blood out of a turnip. <laughs> see, there's a value over my head. Mm-hmm. They got to get that value from me. Mm-hmm. But if I shoot them down with the road, that's why else I did this. Right. To pick their fucking up. I'm not going on your road. So you can take that week and shut up your ass. Get me some auditions. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. I forced their hand. <clears throat> so there's always a method right. to the madness. It's like the great Nietzsche said. Didn't Nietzsche mm-hmm. say this? A man know. without a plan is not a man. I like it. I'm really proud of you I for what you're plan. doing. Thank
1: you, Joey, for having I'm gonna me. I'm going to try to come you. down. Thank you. Do
0: both shows start at 9.30? 30?
1: Friday's 9 and Saturday's 9.
0: Both of them are 9. nine. Yeah. Okay. So Uncle Vinny's. Fucking uh Friday and Saturday. I wish you all luck in the Thank world. You. You're fucking the sweet lady. Thank you. You're funny as fuck. Thank and you. And I can see you taking over this motherfucker. Let's
1: fucking do in five it. Five or six years.
0: <laughs> Keep uh, doing what you're doing. Thank
1: you. Honey. I
0: love you, motherfuckers. Don't forget Tara. Where can they find you?
1: Tara Jokes everywhere. Cause nobody can say my last name. Tara so jokes. Tara Jokes, my, my is my website. Tara Jokes, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter.
0: I love you, motherfuckers. Stay black. Have a great week, and we'll see you next monday tip top magoo all right you bad motherfuckers i want to thank you guys for uh listening to the show today i want to apologize for coming up this thursday i had a a fucking podcast on tuesday uh, audition on tuesday i didn't even tell you about today but we'll talk about that next week and that's it but listen the joint is brought to you by draft kings tonight there's a great game chicago washington draft kings is going to be there the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Tonight, you put $5 on the NFL team to win, and if it comes in, you get 200 in free bets and you build up your bankroll. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up, same game parlays. This tonight, I like Chicago. What the fuck? Washington's been struggling. Now, to make things sweeter tonight, you can go for a total and a fucking side with a stepped-up, same-game parlay. And you can play them once a day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Joey to get 200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football team. That's code Joey, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now go win some money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app or the Fantasy app and go knock them out of the park. The joint is also brought to you by Blue Chew. Listen, one of the scariest things for a young man is not being able to perform. It'll destroy your fucking confidence, but don't worry about nothing. Uncle Joey got you with Blue Chew. Blue Chew is an online service that delivers the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets, all at a fraction of a cost. You can take them anytime and be ready for whatever opportunity arises. You understand? You could They come in a single little pouch. You put it in your wallet. It's all over. Let me tell you how easy it is to get. The process is simple. You sign up at Bluetooth.com. You consult one of the licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part. It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No brow beating from the doctor. And Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA. Shipped in a discreet package. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to get down, Blue Chew is going to help you. Try Blue Chew for free. It's free this week. Use promo code Joey, J-O-E-Y, and just pay $5 for shipping. If you don't do this, there's something wrong with you because we could all need a little boost to the helmet. BlueChew.com with code Joey for your first month, but first visit BlueChew.com for more important safety information. And again, I want to thank BlueChew for sponsoring the joint. I want to thank DraftKings. I want to thank BetterHelp. I love all you savages. I want to thank Tara, Mike, and the rest of the fucking crew stay black have a great weekend and we'll be back monday morning tip top motherfucking magoo i love you